Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another week of the Live Life Aggressively podcast with Mike Muller, Sincere Hogan. Really, really special show we got going on today, brother. What do you think? Uh, we have a great one. We have a, a good friend of mine, Melia Kaplan, on the show, and she runs a fantastic organization in Los Angeles called Voice for Animals. And any of you that subscribe to my newsletter or have been following me over the years have heard me mention this organization and Melia quite a bit. And, and what I like about her is she's one of those ladies where if you give her money, she's, it's not going to be going to help her buy a new Bentley or get a house in the Palisades. You know? she's, she's a lady that is very dedicated to these causes and fully committed. In fact, the story that always sticks out about you, Melia, whenever I think about you is how you were telling me how you were driving down, I think, Lincoln Boulevard one time, and mm-hmm. you saw a homeless guy just beating this dog. And most people in that situation would say, oh, that's terrible, or, or maybe they'll call the authorities, or maybe they'll yell something out the window as they drive by. But you pulled off the side of the road, jumped out of the car, ran into this guy, and you're not some big muscular lady. You know, you're a lady, <laughs> right? You're not running around here like some MMA lady running into this, into this homeless guy. And you just threw him out of the way, grabbed his dog, and took off and that's helped right. his dog get rehabilitated and, and get into a new home. But what was the name of that dog? That name, uh, the name of the dog was Lucy, and Lucy was a huge, yeah, she was a huge pit bull, and what he actually did is he was drunk and stoned, and and really, the guy was a mess, and he broke both her knees in front of me. Wow. And, yeah, he had big army boots on, and he kicked, and that's when I... I jumped out of the car and I went after him and he got very aggressive with me, but um, it, it worked. Whatever I did, it worked. And I grabbed the dog who was probably weighed as much as I do. And I got her into the back seat and we had double, we had knee surgery on both legs. And the funny thing is this wonderful man who'd never had a dog before, a Persian gentleman, wonderful, absolutely wonderful. He fell in love with Lucy. It's like the two of them just fell in love. And oh. he adopted Lucy. It was the first dog he'd ever had. And as one of my board members said, Lucy looked like an enforcer for the mafia. She was, <laughs> <laughs> she was huge. And this little girl just, she was absolutely the perfect dog. She loved everybody. She loved kids. She loved bunnies. She loved everyone. And she just uh, um, passed away recently at a very ripe old age and he and I are working together to find him another dog now. He wants oh, a pit bull nice. again. Nice. Nice. <laughs> another story that sticks out that you told me and this one really irritated me. It was about a guy who I think he fell off a ladder and his dog started making a ruckus and basically yeah. saved his life because this dog went to the neighbors, started making a ruckus, brought some, got someone to come back and rescue this guy and then this guy gets into a relationship with some ornery lady who insists that he give up the dog, and he did. That's right. That, one, that was that Roman. Is, yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, so that, that, was one, that, one, that is crazy to me. I mean, I'm, yeah. and then that, dog, that dog had a happy ending, too, right? That dog ended up getting a Oh, home. yes. That yeah. dog is in a great home with okay. actually some friends of mine up in Washington and um, on a ranch, and they love him. Do I hear he, stories like that? Then I think it all worked out for the best because this guy is, didn't... God, he deserved to have that dog in the first place. No, I mean, anyone no. gave up a dog just like that for, for nothing. It was, actually, it was actually a bit worse because the dog did save his life. And then huh. I got a call because he was about to put the dog down. And there was oh, absolutely uh, no reason. This was a wonderful, sweet, terrific dog. And he was literally walking into the vet's office to put the dog down when I got him on the phone. And I oh, said, do not do that. Give me the dog. Wow. So, um 
He did, thankfully. He, he didn't fight me. And um, we got Ronan a great home, and Ronan is still running around in the snow and playing happily in Washington State. With that some that friends. blows my mind. That blows my mind right there, how someone could be yeah. that I mean, insensitive is, is, is not even the right word to such a use here. We, we could be one of this. The fact that People someone is actually put his dog, he's going to put his dog down yeah. because someone he was in a relationship with didn't want him to have a dog. Yeah, this happens, and unfortunately, there are vets who will do that. Thankfully, more and more vets are refusing to do that, yeah. um, so, which I'm very, very happy about. But I, I have to say that the consciousness about animal rights and animal protection is growing tremendously, and I'm, I've seen this in the last few years. I'm very happy about it, even though we still get the calls from people because there is still a down economy. People still have, are losing jobs and homes, but they do call us, and they say, listen, I can't afford to keep my dog. And if we feel that they have a home, some place to keep the dog or keep the cat, we will say, okay, look, what if we pay vet bills for life, food for life, will you keep the dog and, mm. or cat? And if they say yes, then we subsidize that animal. If they say, no, we're moving in with my uncle or he doesn't like dogs or my sister and she doesn't like cats, then we say, okay, give us the animal and we will take the animal and rehome the animal. And we get a lot of calls like that and it's always, um, it, it always works out. I've been doing this, I've been rescuing for 20 years and I've never seen it not work out yet. Mm. So mm, it's, awesome. it's, really, uh, it's really nice. And we now have a new program that we really um, are very proud of. We're going into the shelters and we're rescuing dogs on the last day before they're be euthanized. They're about to be euthanized. Some of them, hmm. in fact, the last hour. Uh, we took out yeah. Duncan, who um, his owners had broken his leg. And, you know, the shelter system, everybody criticized, but they're so overloaded. They're so underfunded. The people are so nice right. there. And right. they're just trying to do the best they can. And yeah. uh, they had bandaged his leg up, but it wasn't a great job because they just don't have the resources. So uh, he was about to be put down. We took Duncan out. And Duncan at this moment right now is having a surgery, and this is his second one, and they're putting a pin in his leg. Uh, we had tried to see if it would heal on its own, but the break was so old, and he'd sit, sat there for so long with that break, and it was so bad that, that our vet is now putting a pin in his leg right as we speak at this minute. And he's got wow. two people who really love him and I think are going to adopt him. So we take, we take dogs like that. We just took little Lily, who I know, Mike, you saw that uh, video. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah she, and she, uh, she, was, she was one hour being um, uh, euthanized. She was thrown out of a moving car and then run over by a car, and she's about Ugh. six to eight pounds. Um, wow. And we took her from the shelter. Shelter was going to euthanize her, of course, because nobody was going to take a dog whose basically back legs were non-functional. She, she was right. dragging them, and she couldn't, she couldn't uh, urinate on her own. Her bladder was gone. So we took her, and we have now, if you see the pictures of her today, it's amazing. We've done um, different kinds of therapies, laser therapy, acupuncture. We're doing water therapy. We're doing ball therapy, and it's working. She's standing up on her legs. She's not walking yet, but she's urinating on her own. She's actually, her body is now holding her weight, and she will have a full recovery. Those, those are the kind of animals we take in, those that absolutely nobody wants that are about to go down, and we take them in, and we always find homes. We've taken, I don't know, let's say, I'd say about 10 red-listed dogs uh, in the last oh, month and a half, two months from the shelter, and we've found homes for every one of them. Okay, so those are, those, are, those are some of the things that we do, and it's always, of course, for us such a, a joy to see them go from 
total depression in the shelter and yeah. complete loss of hope and fear and see their little faces brighten up and, and they're right. happy and they're running around. And, and we just took out, in fact, last Friday, we took out Snoopy, who is eight years old and he's a little beagle mix and he's got everything. He was obviously left in the backyard, fed bad food, if at all, never allowed in the house. He's got a heart murmur. He's got a million things wrong with him. And, um, our vet worked on him, and he's going to his new home tomorrow. So these are, these are the kind of things that make us feel so good because we no see doubt. the transformation. And with their transformation, we get such joy. Yeah. No, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's very clear in just your voice as you're talking about this. What do you, what do you think? Or what, why are so many dogs and, and cats ending up in shelters in the first place? Because it seems like that's a huge problem in every city it is. in America. It is. That's a, good, that's a good question. I think there's a couple of reasons. I think, number one, basically people are uneducated. Um, people have this idea that animals are disposable. Uh, right. A chair is disposable. Right. A piece of property is disposable. Animals, unfortunately, under the law of property, which absolutely needs to be changed. A living, breathing being should never be considered property. That law needs to be changed. But right. people... You know, the other day in the shelter, we got a call. Their dog had some loose stool, and they didn't want the dog anymore. So they wow. just, for any little reason that the dog or cat does something inappropriate or has some kind of health issue, all of a sudden they don't want the animal anymore. And the other problem is, is people, you know, there's three kind of breeders. You have the backyard breeders, and there's a lot of them in L.A. Because if you take a look at the L.A. shelter system, what you're going to see is 90% pit bulls and chihuahuas. And that's what's being bred. Mm -hmm. And they're breeding because they think they can sell, which is insane. Um, that is, first of all, totally unethical to breed when we know how many animals are being killed in the shelters. But also right. these people are making money off animals. I always tell people, get another job if you're trying to make money off animals. That is not <laughs> <Yeah>. a job. <laughs> Don't do it. And we at Voice for the Animals have approached this problem of backyard breeders because what they do is they had been going to two major places in the city of Los Angeles. One was Santee Alley, the, one, the other is Venice Beach. And they would bring these puppies and they would try to sell them for, you know, six, seven hundred dollars. So what we did is that I worked very hard with the city attorney, with the mayor's office, with the LAPD who've been fantastic. And we got it passed through city council that it's not only illegal to sell animals on public property, but is now illegal to buy animals on public property. So if you're caught trying to purchase an animal on public property, your first offense is 500, the second one is 1,000, and an LAPD officer can ticket you on that. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to let people know, go to the shelter, don't buy animals off the street. It's not only bad for the animals because then the breeders keep breeding because they think they can right. make money. They're right. not spending money on vet bills for sure. They're usually taken away from their mothers way too young, so their, their immune systems are so weak, and they die. So it's a heartbreak for, you know, bunnies, kittens, puppies, and they sell them. So we're really making a big dent into that market. The second thing are, quote, responsible breeders. And to me, as Mike, you said, it's an oxymoron. I mean, there's nothing, nothing responsible about breeding. As long as there's animals being killed in shelters anywhere in the world, why are we breeding? And if you right. see these, quote, responsible breeders, they usually breed purebreds. Well, people need to understand that 40% of all the animals killed in the United States in shelters are purebreeds. 
And in the city of L.A. alone, there are 500 purebreed rescuers. So somebody says, I want a poodle. No problem. You can go to Poodle mm-hmm. Rescue. You want right, a golden, exactly. you right. go to Golden Rescue. These are very dedicated ladies and men who go into the shelters on a daily basis and talk to them and take out their breed they're breeds that they, that they take care of. And you right. can get any dog you want in the world. So there's absolutely no reason to go to a, quote, responsible breeder. Those responsible <laughs> also, just, breeders, just, from a, just from an economic yep. standpoint, everyone's complaining about how the economy's bad and so forth, and then, and then they're going to a pet store and spending $800 on oh, yeah. a dog yeah, breeder. that they're going to rescue. They're going to rescue the same breed from That's somewhere right. for, what, $20, something like that? Yep. Breed, yeah, well, it's, usually, it's usually 100 because they pay for... Spaying and neutering, microchip, right, vaccinations, right, right. all the rescue groups, and, you know, they make sure the dog is healthy. Um, and that's the third part. That's the third kind of breeders that you just brought up, and those are the pet stores. Those are the puppy <laughs> mills. I don't know if any of your listeners, but if they want, they can see what puppy mills look like online. These yeah. are places usually in the Midwest. They have n- absolutely no vet care. They have no uh, – the weather conditions are horrible. These animals are left out in the boiling sun in the freezing cold. They take one one female dog, they breed her and breed her with her son or great-grandson, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. These dogs wow. are then sold. From there, they're transferred all over the country to different pet stores. The pet stores sell them for huge amounts of money. They're taken away from their mothers way too young. 99% they have horrible behavior problems because they're removed from their mothers so young. And no immune system, which means most of them die. And they're selling them for two, three, four thousand dollars mm-hmm. And it just blows my mind. Um, that people actually buy animals from pet stores. Now, the good news is, again, because there's a lot of people who are getting more conscious, several of the pet stores in in Los Angeles were closed down, and then, thankfully, city council has forbid any puppy mills dogs from being sold in pet stores in the city. So pet stores in the city of L.A. have got to work with either rescuers or the Department of Animal Services, the shelters, and they bring in shelter dogs and they show them, and it's wonderful. And it, everybody feels good that way. The shelter dogs get a chance to be shown. People get a chance to adopt them. And puppy mills and pet stores don't make money off, I call it blood money. Right. So those are, you know, I always tell people, if you want a really great dog, call a rescue group or go to your local shelter. You'll find the love of your life. Yeah, and then you're supporting a good organization because that money can go help rescue other animals and so forth, and then you're bringing more awareness to it. Now now when someone asks you, oh, where'd you get this dog, you're sending them to a rescue instead of a pet store, and you're you're kind of creating this symbiotic relationship where it's, it's a positive outcome on all fronts. Absolutely. And more and more cities are jumping on the bag wagon, and they are starting to um, outlaw uh, puppy mill dogs from going into pet stores and instead are actually mandating, legally mandating, that the pet stores within the jurisdiction work with the local animal shelters. It's, it's a better situation because even if we just remove the emotional component, which is hard to do, but if we step back a minute, we say economically, right. here we have a city who's paying X amount of dollars to house and to feed and to give vet care and then euthanize all these dogs. And at the right. same time, these puppy mill dogs are coming into pet stores. That makes right. no sense. So that was the deciding factor, of course, in, as it usually is, is economics. And there it is. We have a great city that is compassionate. Yeah, that's pretty no awesome. doubt. 
Um, and speaking of that, I just want to give a plug to the LAPD, if I may. Uh, we, do, we do a calendar every year called Rescued by the LAPD, and I have to tell you, there are some incredible officers in the city who rescue animals off the street. Um, we know police officers all over the world are usually in horrible situations and shootouts and all these you know, just god-awful situations, and they find animals. Uh, one officer found an animal in a shootout. The dog was hiding under the car. He took that dog and rescued that dog. Other officers have found animals running in really bad areas through traffic. They've stopped traffic and rescued that dog. So police officers are really doing their job to promote rescue and to po- promote compassion and really be models to show people, hey, if police officers can go ahead and rescue all these animals, you can too. Right. And you work pretty closely with the LAPD, right? I and mean, I have do. that calendar. You guys send it to me, which is a great calendar. So, oh, I mean, how, how, in, how involved are they with some, a lot of the things that you're trying to get initiated? Very, very. LAPD and I work very, very closely together. Um, I'm just thrilled with the work that they do with animals. Chief Beck is, I have been to his house. He is a rescuer. Um, hmm. to, to say the chief of police rescues animals is a huge thing. He and right. I did an NBC um, piece a few months ago, and he talked about all the animals he has and how he rescued them from, again, the same way that we do, which is a day before they were going to be euthanized. And he takes them out of shelters, and he has a beautiful compound for disabled cats. He rescues horses. He rescues dogs. Just absolutely incredible. And, and I also um, asked, uh, the reporter actually asked on camera to Chief back is animal abuse a precursor to human violence and of course he said yes and that's the other thing i'm very proud the lapd does they go after people who abuse animals and this is real important Mm -hmm. um years ago when i first started in the animal rights movement i realized nobody was going after animal abusers and i was shocked because i like other people took for granted that there was some agency somewhere out there that was actually taking the calls looking into them arresting, prosecuting, there was none. Hmm. So uh, myself and the city attorney, LAPD again, and mayor's office, we got together. There were four of us, and we spearheaded a campaign, and it's now part of the city to form the Animal Cruelty Task Force, which is under the LAPD. It Hmm. used to be the job of animal services to go out after uh, animal abusers, but they really didn't do it very much. Not, I mean, of course, because they don't have resources, but the other reason is animal abusers are criminals. Criminals are violent people. They have guns. Right. can't send in a, a, a dog catcher who has no gun into a situation like that. It's right. not fair. Right. So right. now we have people with guns and handcuffs and arresting powers who go into these situations. And it's absolutely wonderful to see cockfighting, dogfighting, uh, you know, just major kinds of animal abuse. And they, more often than not, they find that those people have a record of other right. kinds of things. Right. That's the and thing I think a lot wonderful. of people don't realize. I think a lot of people don't realize that. that they think, okay, they're just, they're just abusing animals. That's not that big of a deal as long as they're not doing this with people. They don't realize how interconnected it all is. You know, you're, exactly. usually, you're, usually you're part of some criminal network when you're doing that kind of behavior. That's right. And that right. for sure the next step is going to be a, a child. A, a child, a, yeah. Another person, 100%. And that's the component that we are trying to get the word out more about, that we need more cities in this country to take animal abuse very seriously. 
Uh, if we want to bring down the kinds of violent behavior against humans, we're, this is an indicator crime. It's a predictor. We can ID those people before they get to humans by IDing them when they're doing it to animals, and it's so important. And it's, it's changing. Definitely the climate, the mentality is changing. I've seen it in the last two 10, 15 years that I've been involved, and I'm, I'm really happy to see that. As people get educated, they know more, they tell other people, they keep their eyes open, and they call the correct authorities. Right. And, and I, I'm here, now, Millie, I'm here in Texas, so a lot of oh. things that we see besides just animal abuse as far as dogs and cats, we see a lot of abuse to horses out here. I mean, oh, yeah. Texas, of course. And yeah. I know that I'm not, our listeners are probably listening thinking that we're just talking about dogs here, but I know your organization also works to help rescue animals other than dogs and cats. I mean, I see on your website that you also work to help with elephants in captivity. And what other animals do. does your organization um, work to help and to rescue? as well well we we don't actually rescue elephants but we because mm. elephants are wild animals but right. we try to keep them out of zoos we try to keep them stop circuses from performing um mm. we right. just passed a ban here in los angeles uh on a on bull hooks um i don't know mm. if either one of you know what a bull hook is sure. it's a very yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay, it's got that sharp steel half moon at the top, which they use to hook the vulnerable parts of the elephant, and it's Ringling Brothers and other circuses that do use them. There's, there's no way that you can take, and this is what I just want people to really hear, you can't take a wild animal. These are not domestic cats and dogs who have been domesticated for 5,000 years. These are wild animals who live their whole life and their physiology and their environment, everything in the wild, and all of a sudden they're pulled out of the wild violently, I'm mad, and then they, they are brutalized and just violently trained to do stupid tricks for circuses. That is insane. Right. We're not right. in, this is not Byzantium anymore. We're not in the 19th right. century. We yeah. need to cover <laughs> up a little bit. You know, if you, yeah. there are great circuses which are not animal-based. Right. So we got a ban on the use of the bullhook here in L.A., which I'm really thrilled with. And we actually, I was one of the ones who drove the lawsuit through against uh, the L.A. Zoo, and they stopped using the bullhook. So we're really trying. There's no way that a circus cannot use a bullhook with an elephant because there's no way to train them. Elephants will never do tricks without right. a tremendous amount of brutality. Yeah. Um, those animals, those elephants that are in zoos, there's no reason to use a bullhook because we're not training them to do anything. Just right. leave them alone. It's bad enough that they're there and they can't be returned to the wild. So those are, those are some of the things. I, I uh, made a film with some students of mine called Elephants and Man, a Litany of Tragedy. If any of your viewers would like a free copy, they can go on our website and email us, and we'd be glad to supply a copy. It shows the whole history of how elephants came to this country and how they were put into prison. And that's mm. what I call it because that's really what it was. And how Thomas Edison... Um, when he was discovering electricity, and he uh, electrocuted an elephant on Coney Island publicly mm. to be able to show how electricity wow. works. So these are the kind of things people need to know about our history. Um, so those are, those, those are some of the things that we do. I think, I think um, zoos kind of fall into the same category, right, as we were talking about with do. breeders. They're an oxymoron. I mean, there's some that are right. better than others, but it's still yeah. – Kind of like a pr one prison is better than another prison for the right. for the prisoners, but it's you've still got a prison. State prison, and you right. got federal prison. But you know, right. one's like a vacation, but it's still prison. You, you're still right. Absolutely, up. you can't leave. It might feel Absolutely. like a country club, but you you can't leave. You know? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And most zoos, I mean, the only zoo that I have ever found in this country that I think is, is well, 
Okay, the, the Oakland Zoo is really good. Uh, Dr. Joel Parrott is fantastic. The other zoo is the Austin Zoo, which is a rescue zoo. They take yeah, animals. Yeah, I've been to that one, yeah. Yeah, they're wonderful. They're absolutely wonderful. Yeah, they they actually, zoo. yeah, me too. They rehabilitate. It's more like a petting zoo, if anything. I mean, the, yeah. the animals are really, really free. A little so free that you kind of wonder, like, wait a minute. <laughs> you look at yeah, that lion, and he's looking at you like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, buddy. I'm looking at you, and this is kind of like a safari right now, so yeah. keep it well, moving, those, Fred Boy. <laughs> those animals are taken from the USDA when the USDA impounds animals that are brought into the country illegally. Uh, okay. um, there's another, if people really want to see what's going on with, with wild animals who've been in zoos, have been in circuses, I really would, edu- would encourage people to go up to PAWS, Performing Animal Welfare Society. It's in Northern California in San Andreas. They have Asian elephants and African elephants. They have tigers and lions and bears, all who came from horrific situations. And they have 2,300 acres in the hills, and those animals run free. Oh, and cool. it is the most beautiful, encouraging thing to see when you see, like Annie. Annie was an elephant. She's, I have a little clip of her in my film where she was tied down, um, all four of her legs tied down, and she was beaten with axe handles. Wow. You see it in the film. And then you see Annie today. She doesn't walk you know, well. She definitely is slow. But, man, you give her a watermelon and, or, or bananas or carrots and she is ecstatic and she goes swimming and she walks up the hill slowly and she dusts herself and they built a senior jacuzzi for senior elephants Mm. and Mm. it's just a wonderful (laughs) wonderful experience for anybody it's it's i've taken council people up there from the city council of la and it's changed their complete view of zoos and they begin Mm. to understand zoos are prisons there's Mm. no reason for them anymore I, i mean we we just we're living in another era and we need to come forward, get rid of zoos, right. get rid of circuses, exactly. and, and get rid what of the wild about, animal trade. Yeah, exactly. What do you, what do you think you about know, some of the sanctuaries out there? you think that's a viable alternative, or do you think that, would you like to just see, I mean, sanctuaries seem to be a, a way to deal with the problem. You know, you're not dealing with the root cause of the problem, but if you're, you're right. putting them into an environment where you can't return these animals back into the wild, so now at least you're giving them a more comfortable environment as opposed to a lot of the zoos out there. So it's not, it's not the ideal situation. Well, what do you think would be the ideal word? Well, I've, I've got to quote a friend of mine, Pat Derby, who was my mentor, and mm-hmm. Pat uh, founded PAWS, and she said, my greatest dream was to, would be to put me out of business. Right, right. And that means that no animals would be imported into the wild animals imported into the United States anymore. Right. That right. would stop. Importation would stop. Abuse would stop. The wild animal trade. You see, you know, those guys in Vegas with the white tigers, and all of a sudden everybody in, you know, the Midwest wants a white tiger, so they're breeding right, white right. tigers. Uh, and, and what happens? It's like that situation, I, I don't remember what state it was in, where this woman bought a tiger cub. Well, hello, tigers are going to grow. Have you figured that out? (laughs) Right? So she puts the tiger, you know, the tiger into her house, and then the tiger grows. She changed the tiger in the backyard. So one day she has a birthday party for her three-year-old, and she decides it would be cute. if if That's right. She puts her, she says, oh, I'll have my daughter sit next to the tiger while I take a picture. Okay? Tiger killed the the child. But this is, and they killed the tiger. Why kill the tiger? The tiger is being a tiger. It reminds me of what happened in these parks like Yellowstone Park and Glacier Park where they would have this video footage of 
parents putting jam on their kid's face or the bear will come up and lick it. Then, of course, the bear takes a bite, too. Because it's a wild animal. This is not your puppy coming up there. They're like, oh, we got to kill these bears. They're dangerous. It's like, no, you guys are a bunch of idiots. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I mean, you got a walk-in jelly sandwich right here. What is he supposed to do? Bear in Yellowstone Park, I enjoy that from my car. You know, I don't get yeah, out and exactly. try to get a high five. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Like, wow, that's that's, that's it. There are car. almost there from what I understand, there's more wild animals in people's homes in the United States now than there are in the wild. That's a wow. horrible comment. There are these yeah. awful wild animal sales that are going on all over the country. All that needs to stop. We need to put a, a spotlight on it. As Gretchen Weiler Famous Gretchen Weiler, who started the Ark Trust, said, cruelty cannot stand the spotlight. Right. Hmm. And the minute we put a spotlight on it and people begin to understand what happens, the cruelty diminishes. Is this all happening illegally, Melia, or is this something that is, yeah. is not? Yeah, because it's, 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 is it actually legal to buy a tiger or an exotic yes, animal? Or yes. a panther or something like yes, that? Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it is. Wow. Yes, it anyone, is. Like anyone with a house. I have a 3,000-square-foot house here in a backyard. I could legally go buy a tiger. You could. Wow, that's ridiculous. That's right. I had no and, idea. And, you know, they're, they're very cute and they're very little, and people think, oh, that's how they're going to stay. It's <laughs> un- exactly. It's <laughs> unbelievable that people yeah. don't think, but they don't. And then horrible things happen. Uh, Pat and Ed, well, Pat just passed away this year, but Paws Sanctuary has taken, I saw them, two bears uh, that somebody actually lived out in the Nevada desert in a, an enclosed with no air, uh, no food, no water, a van. And these were bears that somebody had raised as, as cubs and didn't want them anymore. And Pat went out and got them, and they're now at, at Paws. She has a, um, a tiger who was declawed and he was used in a uh, rock house, I think they call it, something like that, in Chicago, mm. where they're selling some kind of illegal substances. And what mm. they did is they took a pinking shears to his feet, and they cut his first metatarsal. And so he, mm. he now walks, hor- I mean, he's in pain. Uh, they give oh. him medication for pain, but you can see he walks very gingerly and, and doesn't walk correctly like we normally see a cat walk. And these are the kind of things that we're seeing with the wild animal trade and with wild animals who are being abused, either by individuals, by circuses, or by zoos. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of crazy. Like here in Texas, I think it's an estimated, I think, 4,000 tigers in captivity in Texas. Yep. Okay, have you ever been to Texas? Does this, like a place where tigers, does this look like a place where tigers grow up? And I know, just, exactly. Like 4,000 tigers? Like, seriously? Come on, man. I know. No, it's, it's crazy. And, and, you know, again, the ecotourist trade is really what is going to make money. If we really want to think economically, stop pulling wild animals out of the wild and instead create a kind of environment where you can get tourists to come in and take a safari ride and right. watch the animals in their real environment. That mm-hmm. will teach us something. And that's a totally different experience. Having done that, that's a totally different experience. I mean, I've been Isn't to Uganda where I've, I've seen gorillas in the wild, and I've been to Kenya many times where I've been to those parks, and wow. that's, that's the way to do it. You know, that's how Absolutely. you should see animals in there. In there. You're in your car watching these animals. You're, you know, you're not allowed to get out and go running after a giraffe to go for a that's photo right. shoot. You know? that's it, right. might, exactly. it might end up the other way around. Yeah, exactly. When you see the gorillas in the, in the wild in Uganda, there, there are people with you that are going, look, this is what you're allowed to do, this is what you're not allowed to do, and so forth. And it, it's a, 
Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a much more special journey or a treat when you see it that way. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's creating more of a conduit where people have the ability to go to these places and see that. And, and and the zoo is just not going to be the same thing. You see a no, gorilla no. in a cage no. in a zoo. Like, no, no, no. It's like, going, so to, it's like going to rehab to see people. I mean, they're drunk, yeah, right. they're, they're broken exactly. down. They're, they're not normal people yeah. anymore. Exactly. Not you, normal. Want to, you want to go meet celebrities at, re, at a rehab. It's not going to be the exactly. same thing as meeting them. Exactly. Exactly. The that's that's right. not the Charlie Sheen I remember from Platoon. No, he's broken down <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> exactly. the, the other thing in terms of economics, it, when we bring in tourists into an area where there's wild animals, and we create jobs for the local inhabitants. Right, right, exactly. Killing a, t- a tiger for a skin or having some big game hunter shoot a tiger or a lion for, to put the trophy head on his wall, this does not promote economy. Or killing an elephant for ivory, this is not sustainable economics. No, not at all. Let's right. make something that will be sustainable for the local population, that will give them jobs. Right. And ecotourism is where it's at. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that's something that people are, you have kids who love animals or you do, that's worth putting some money aside so that you can make those trips. I mean, it's, it's something everyone should try to do at some point absolutely. in their life. I mean, the counter-argument to that would be, oh, you know, we can't afford to go there. That's a couple thousand dollars a person. So, I mean, we, zoos is how my kids get to see this. But again, you're not really, you're not getting a genuine experience. I mean, you're better off going to a, an IMAX movie and right. watching exactly. that. Now, nowadays with technology, exactly. Nowadays with technology, you can see an IMAX movie about any wild animal you want to see. It's it can be done in 3D. Kids love that stuff. You know, that's a much better experience than no going to your local zoo where there's, there's a gorilla in a cage and some bars and the gorilla is totally despondent because it's, right. it's depressed. I mean, what are you actually even really experiencing? Exactly. You're not. You're seeing a shadow of the real. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. And there's so many. I mean, kids are wonderful on the computer today. There's so many right. websites right. and so many webcams all over the world. Yeah. You can yeah. see yeah. YouTube clips everywhere, all totally. over the world. Any kind of scenario you can think of, you know. Yeah. 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 And it's just it's unfair to the animal, and it's really unfair to the viewer to put animals in zoos because we're pretending as if these animals, this is how they look, how they act, how they behave, right. and it's totally a lie. Right. That's it. Right. Point blank, we can call it anything we want. It's a lie. That's not what a gorilla would act like in the wild. That's not what an right. elephant would act like. That's not what any animal would act like in the wild. Right. And it's, uh, it's, these, are, these are things that will, I do believe we will see um, more and more transformation in our lifetime. Yeah. I mean, no, one, no, one, no one's taking tours of prison, right? You know, we're not going to stay yeah. quitting to, get, to, to go take a look at hardened criminals. Yeah, let's, in, let's, in, hey, let's take a bus trip. Let's take a school trip to Rikers Island and go look at the animals. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, if you look to the left, we've got a child now, that over here. He's rare these days. You know, yeah, that on, would be people. considered inhumane. Wouldn't it be like you've got these hardened criminals raping, <laughs> murdering, and so forth? It's like, oh, would it be possible to bring a tour here? Like, no, that's inhumane to our prisoners, right? That would probably be the ACLU would be right there. Yeah, ACLU would be all over that right there. Like, you can't treat them that. Right, right. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. It's funny that you say that because the turn of the century in England, um, you pay tuppence and you would go see uh, mentally ill people. Right. Oh, right. yeah. And we would never allow that today. So, well, what is the difference between us paying twenty bucks to get into a zoo and watching this poor gorilla bang right. his head on the on the bars because he's so frustrated and so confined, and and your heart breaks for him? 
Why do we allow that? Well, the problem is now those mentally ill people that used to pay to go watch are now paying to go watch these animals do that to themselves. So now the mentally ill is now the customer. That's right. That's right. So, right. That's right. It's very, it's very, very sad, and I, I applaud all the activists all over the country who are, who are out there on, on um, picket lines and, and letting pe- the public know that zoos are not good and that circuses are even worse if that's right. possible. Right. They are right. absolutely worse because they involve severe, severe abuse. Not only yeah, at, least, at least with zoos, you have some caretakers who you know who want yeah. the animals. To, I'm not saying every that's zoo, right. but I, I've, I've met some caretakers who, who want these animals to be. Uh, healthy and they they don't want Absolutely. to they don't, they don't they don't abuse them and so forth they're not no. punching a gorilla and saying get out there these kids want to see you you know like that that's kind of right. stuff so that but so that, right. that that one's bad but like you said the circuses are even worse and there's so many that's viable alternatives to the circus i mean here in las vegas you have tons of circus Soleil shows which are yes. far more entertaining you don't have to have yeah. animals involved with these things no and even with no, a lot of movies nowadays with special effects and cgi yeah, graphics and stuff like that now. yeah exactly you don't have to have a live elephant on set or, you yeah. know, exactly. a tiger yeah. wrestling with someone on set. Or have a tiger yeah. at a photo shoot. Like, now you can just put them in and Photoshop it. Like, come on, man. You know, why didn't you take that chance? But, you know, just talking, about people, just talking about people who are mentally ill, you know, a lot of times when I think about people who are buying these animals, these exotic animals, as they call them, I, I hate even putting that title on it because it kind of glorifies it by saying that. But just right. thinking about I think of it was a story a couple of years ago about this guy in Ohio who had, like, 50 of oh. them, and he set that's them all right. loose, and he committed yeah. suicide. Yeah. So, again, right. mentally disturbed right here yeah and then they had to shoot all those animals too like this the sheriff's right. department had to yeah. go up there because yeah. now now they were now they were worried about people who live nearby so this total idiot killed himself and then basically he killed all of his animals too in default he did he did yeah. i remember that story it was horrible yeah. but you yeah. would hope that from there there would be some kind of legislation and an oversight committee and enforcement right. Right. to stop people right. from doing that but there is none that's yeah. how big that trade is, exactly. and that's and, a tragedy. Well, well, a lot of politicians, how much money they're going to get from this whole, this whole platform. So when it doesn't exactly. fill their pockets, then they're kind of like, ah, well, it's yeah, not politicians, a I mean, politicians don't even care about the average person's health with companies like Monsanto taking over the food supply and so forth. That's right. So, they're, so they're, they're, well, hell, they, don't even, they don't even care about their constituents. It's, they're definitely not going to care about what they label as property, because that's the other that's problem right. that you mentioned is that you're not looking at animals as living, breathing beings. This, this is property. Right? Most people talk about their dogs. You know, my pet. This is my property. Well, it's a family this, member, man. Come on. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's why it's so easy to give it up. Because how many people would have a ten-year-old kid who's acting up and say, "You know what? I've had enough of this. We're going to go ahead and take Jimmy down. down. To the, go put we're going to right. put Jimmy down, or we're going to drop him off at the adoption place." <laughs> yeah, you know? Right. We're exactly. Gonna, we're gonna that would, be, that would never be socially acceptable either. So if, no. if anyone did that, well, I mean, your neighbors, your friends, your family would crucify you. Yeah, the crime. Exactly. Right. Even, if, even if it weren't a crime, though, it would be like right. it wouldn't be socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. But with animals, people say it so casually. It's like, nah, you know, I had a dog for a couple of years, but it, it just became too much of a hassle, so I just dropped That's him right. off at the shelter. Just like that. We've had to change amendments before in the Constitution because people looked at living things as property before. And look how, that, right. turned out. Look how that turned out for our country, right. how that, how that exactly. affected us. Hell, we're still, right. exactly. we're, still, we're still reeling from, like, the pain of that era. So right. it's yeah. no different. Yes. Again, these are living no, beings. That long event. ago, people could own other living beings. Uh, so there were three of a person. Like, what the hell is three Or, or human beings weren't even allowed in certain areas. Like, no, yeah. this is black folks go this is white only yep. you know that that kind of stuff wasn't Asians that long to be here, yeah. you know and things like that i mean look how how that turned out this is Absolutely. really not that different just because they don't talk 
to you or anything like. I mean, some of some of them actually do talk to you, but still, <laughs> you know, like you, you get like a pecan or something like that. But again, again, these are living beings. These are living right. beings, and. Of course, you know, somebody's going to make the argument, well, what about the people who actually eat animals? Well, I'm like, okay, look, you know, one thing at a time here. That's <laughs> right, thing is, that's right. You know, because, yeah. I mean, how many people are actually going to eat in their pets? I mean, it's got to start somewhere. It's exactly. Start well, exactly. Then I, I, wait a minute, I question when I say that because there's probably some disturbed people out there doing the same thing, <laughs> doing yeah. that as well. So, again, we've got to look at the mental illness of things going on with these that's human right. beings or yeah. lack of beings mm-hmm. and start from there. But nobody's yeah. trying to tackle that. Almost all these yeah. situations, well, a lot of mental stuff going on, and we're not trying to address that. Yeah, I think, the, I think the, one of the biggest problems is the fact that dogs and cats are considered the lovable animals, and look how poorly they're treated collectively. Exactly. Right. So it's like if, if you can't even get people to care about dogs and cats, then going beyond that almost seems that okay. they're not even, even going to be looking further. And this, you know, I have to say, working with wild, the wild animal issues and circuses, we're way behind. There are 20 countries in the world now who have legislated bans on Mm. animal-based circuses. Chile, Argentina, Bolivia, Israel, Greece, lots of countries. Mm. There's no wild animal circuses allowed in those countries anymore. Yeah, so many many countries are more progressive than we are in a lot of ways. There are are many many European countries, GMO foods are outlawed. Absolutely. In in New Zealand, factory farms are not legal. You know what I mean? So there's, there's... there's definitely countries that are way ahead of us on the, on the curve. I think, I think the problem with – the problem is when you take – you know, and I'm, I'm for capitalism and so forth, but when you take it mm-hmm. to, to a point where you don't regulate anything and it becomes the Wild West, then it's all about making a buck and who cares what Absolutely. the consequences are. And that, that's kind of where we're at right now. That's why we had this, mm-hmm. this, this economic crash recently. Heads. Yeah. That's why we're still in these problems because now it's all about who cares about screwing other people over, who cares about screwing over other beings over. I got to get mine. It's that kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think the irony, the irony, and all that, and all the countries that you just mentioned. A lot of times, people in the West look at those countries as underdeveloped third world nations. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's hilarious because they're you know, so far ahead of us. And those people need to be saved. They're savages too, and we need to go and help them and take care yeah, of them. Right. And trips to to make them be better people. Right. Yeah. If we look at the if we look at the educational level in this country as opposed to the educational level, just take Western Europe. There's no comparison. Right. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, we are way down on, on educating our children here in this country. Right. Not anywhere right. close to what's going on in Europe. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. we just finished a campaign in Greece where they had a law that said that all animal-based circuses were banned, and then some guy moved into the National Park Garden and he opened a dolphinarium, and he, I don't know, made some kind of political connections. So the Greek government was about to overturn that law, and mm. we spearheaded a, an international campaign and got a lot of pressure onto the Greek government and stopped them. Oh, and, yeah, what we did is we showed the Greeks, I'm half Greek, uh, we showed the mm. Greeks through their own history what the relationship of the dolphin was. There was a great quote by Plutarch. Mm. We showed all the pictures from 2500 B.C. in Santorini and Knossos, all the artifacts with, and all the coins and the comments, all of dolphins throughout mythology, and we said, please don't taint your own history, mm. and it stopped them. So, you know, you've always got to be on your toes because, as, as you said, Mike, the capitalist urge 
is at some point going to try to rear its ugly head. But the good news is, is that with enough pressure, the right kind of pressure, and more and more people getting involved, which they are, we can make such a huge difference. I just tell, you know, people say, well, what can I do? Anything you want. Just do something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that's where... I think that's what happens with a lot of people. They, they feel like so many problems are overwhelming, and then they do nothing. But that's not the solution exactly. either. What if, no. what if you went to – what if some, what someone listening today said, you know what, I'm going to go to a shelter and rescue a dog today. That's, that's exactly. doing a lot. Or I'm, going exactly. to, or I'm going to stop supporting this company, or I'm going to donate $100 to Melia's organization, you know, whatever it is. Or I'm going to donate $10, $5. You know, exactly. It's all, it's all exactly. doing something. I think the mistake or a lot even, of people make is they feel, uh, I can't really do anything about this. I'm just going to do nothing. Like that kind of, that kind of, and that's no, no, no. You've got to start, do anything for one animal. It will make such a difference. Go into a shelter and take pictures and put them on your Facebook. Yeah, there you You go. You know, just anything. Call your friends. There's so much you can do to make a difference. And I, what I'm seeing is more and more people are doing even one thing. They are doing it. And it just thrills me to see how many people are getting educated and then educating their friends and then getting involved. It's, it's really wonderful. It's so different than when I started in the animal rights movement. It's like night and day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, with social media, I mean, there's that right there. That makes it yeah. very possible to do something. I mean, whenever friends of mine, they volunteer at a no-kill shelter here, and they're always constantly looking for homes for the dogs that they foster, the pets that they foster. It's like, hey, can you pass this around to your friends? I know you guys have a lot of people that follow you. And I'm like, sure. You know, normally someone would think like, well, I'm here in Houston. You know, what can I do with somebody that's in New York or something like that? You never know. You don't know who's connected yeah, to who. You I could have a brother in New York that's been looking for, you know, a pet, you know, to help or something like that or, or right. rescue. So by posting it, you don't know who you can touch by just posting something other than how crappy your day was and how your significant other getting on your nerves. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, people waste so much time on social media. It's like, hey, here's what I bought at the store today. It's like, here's a picture or, or here's a picture of me in my latest swimsuits like why don't you actually oh, no. do something useful I like what you said you could go to a shelter take a bunch of photos with your smartphone put that on Instagram yeah. simple yeah. just like that exactly. and then, yeah. go volunteer yeah. to go Bring. walk up and feed them you know just I mean the yeah. ASPA all that out here they, they do that all the time just volunteer just just to walk them out give them some sunlight you know, let them know, like, hey, there's a human that actually cares about me. Other than these workers, there are other people besides the people I see every day in the shelter that actually right, care exactly. about me. And these pets, they understand exactly. it. They get that. I just saw a friend post. Sure. There was a dog that was rescued in the last, like, few minutes before they were about to be put down. And Aww. this lady found out about it, went and got him, and the dog, they have a picture of the dog hugging her. It's like he Aww. knew. It's like he knew. They feel very deeply. They feel very deeply. The other thing people can do is collect blankets, collect food, collect toys, and take them to your local shelter. Yeah, right. Little things like that. So many things. So many things people can do. And And it makes makes them feel good. Yes. Yeah. The funny kind of argument I always hear from people is like, well, what about people? It's like, okay, well, what are you doing for them? Because it's it's (laughs) always always someone who's never doing doing anything. Yeah, it's always someone who's never doing anything for other Looking people that says that. It's like, okay, well, are you, are, you, are you our friend James Pond who's helping women that have been victims of human slavery? No. no he's, right. we, had, we had a guy in our show named James Pond who runs an organization called Transitions Global, and he, he and his wife saw a show about human slavery and how all these girls have been basically sexually abused their whole lives. And he quit his job and started an organization in Cambodia, and he's rescued tons of, of young women and put them into great programs to go lead productive lives. You know, so here's yeah. a guy who actually did something about it. 
So I think yeah. whenever whenever someone makes that kind of argument, I always say, well, what are you doing about it? And it's never are you someone donating, who, yeah. Are you yeah, never to someone your local who's pantry? Are you donating yeah. to your local pantry for families who are not getting food because, you know, they have yeah, an economic because, hard because time? James, James would never say, oh, come on, Mel, your, your problems are insignificant to what I'm doing. He would never say yeah. that to you. No, because he's, no. he's in the field. He knows what you're doing is great work, and he's out there actually helping people. So he's... He's focusing on, focusing on positives rather than trying to pull the momentum back on someone who's trying to do good. <laughs> so crazy, so that, that was always a funny one to me. It's like, what are you going to do to help people? It's like, well, yeah. it's like, I can tell you what I'm doing, but what are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, the other, the other answer is we are helping people. Every time we adopt out an animal, we make somebody very happy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's think about the soldiers coming back. You know, with yes. PTSD and how these animals are really helping them rehabilitate as well, get Absolutely. back to the real world. Hell, for some of them, it's better for them to have a pet than to have to deal with people because a lot of That's people right. don't understand what they've been through, and they constantly badger them and ask them questions like, well, what was it like over there? What was this? And constantly ask them to relive that stuff over and over and over. And a lot of times these guys and girls don't want to talk about that. But you know what? That's a right. pet, you want to talk about unconditional love, you're only going to get unconditional love from two people, and that's from a pet and from a baby. From a you know, from right. a child. You know, they don't care. They love you no matter what. A lot of times it's to a fault because you can sit there and beat them and treat them bad or whatever. They're still there until they're just they can't do it anymore. Whereas yeah. people, there's always conditions. We all have our limits with each other. So there is you know, there's right. no such thing as unconditional love amongst adults. You know, so no matter what anyone says, they hate to break people's hearts. Because once if your other says like, you know, I love you unconditionally, oh, they have conditions. They have some limits. Right. Trust me, That's they right. have a limit. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And animals do love us unconditionally. And mm-hmm. to me, that's a higher state of being than we oh, yeah. are able to attend. We have, we have so much to learn from them. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, there's an African proverb yeah. that says that, you know, learn from your, the events that happen to you today. Learn from the animals that come into your life. And, you know, and then and learn from that and go from, go from there. And I'm always just, you know, I just sit there and look at our dog and I just check him out. Like, this dude is always in the moment. He loves to get outside right. get it, and get his vitamin D. And, like, he gets outside, he's quiet, he's sniffing the air, he's taking everything in. I'm like, well, right. damn. You know, what if we were like that every day? I'm like, this dude's That's enjoying right. life. He plays, he sleeps, he eats. You know, yeah, he doesn't have a job or anything. Like, there's somebody <laughs> out there like, well, I have to work. Well, dude, do you work 24 hours a day? Because guess what? Exactly. If my dog just goes out for 30 minutes, he's enjoying those 30 minutes. He's not sitting there looking like, okay, I know I got 30 minutes. Well, I know I got to get back in. I got to go eat in 30 minutes. He's not worrying about what's next. He's like in the moment, and we can learn so much from that, just observing them, man. I think I think we call that enlightenment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but we're not I mean, we're not I mean, ready for that. We have so many, like you said, judgments and conditions. And, and connect. And yeah, we're too attached to too, too many things that we have to give up so many things. But the thing is, like, why is that necessarily a bad thing by giving up some of these attachments that we have? Whereas right. they're not really attached. They're not really yeah. attached to anything. They're pure love. They're, they're not stressed out about what Mm-mm. other dogs think of them. You don't see a bulldog looking like, yeah, I know that chihuahua thinks I'm fat. And then the chihuahua's like, yeah, he thinks I'm short. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Doberman's like, yeah, I'm, I'm too black. You know, come on, man. <laughs> like, <"That'll work." laughs> yeah, if we, if we had more respect for animals, we could learn so much from them. Our problem is we don't respect yeah. them. And to me, part of that is really, and I'm hoping there will be animal rights lawyers who will come forward and change the law so that animals will not be property anymore. Right. Then we, we will see a big difference in the zoos, industry, circus industry, wild pet trade, in shelters. We'll see a huge difference in consciousness if that law has ever changed. 
just yeah. coming back to the uh, dog rescue or dog and cat rescue or, any, or really any animal rescue that people take into their homes, I think one of the pushbacks I often hear from people is they go, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I work a lot, so I'm not home all the time. It's like, well, what do you think, that dog's better off in a cage, in a shelter, exactly. or in your home or apartment? It's like, yeah, you, maybe it's not ideal. If you're not, you, you don't have to be there 24-7, number one. No. And, no. and number two, a lot of people, all, all of us have jobs, right? So we're not, most people aren't going to be at home all the time. But still, your dog, or get two dogs. That way they can keep each other company. You know? Exactly. And, and, yeah. and, I mean, do you think they're better off in a shelter where they may be put down in a week or right. in your home where you may not be That's there 24-7? So I think, exactly. I think people have excuses which are, are really not substantiated yes. very no. well. And no, if push comes not. to shove, I, once again, if you can't do anything, then spread the word to someone yeah, who exactly. does have a place exactly. that can take them in. Exactly. You know, you may have, you know what, there's something to be said about the crazy cat lady, <laughs> okay? You know, it's better, right. you know, because um, it's better than the crazy cat lady at the shelter that's putting the cat down every week. So that's right. a different yeah. type of crazy cat lady right there. So, yeah. you know, who knows? You know, maybe that's that lady's right. better off with cats than human beings. So she may be doing I mean, you I mean, a favor. You don't, you don't want to be an animal hoarder, that's for sure. But well, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> you, know, you don't want to be the Josephine Baker of, of animals. And that's what I always have to tell my wife, because she wants to rescue every dog. I said, look, I said, you need to go watch oh. the Josephine Baker story. She wanted to adopt every, ch- every needy child in every nation and <laughs> go give them a home. And then she went broke. And then she oh. ended up having all the kids taken from her. And she right. pretty much died alone and broke, but she had good intentions. I said, but you don't want to be the Josephine Baker of pets. So my thing is, spread the word. There are other people that want to help them, too. It's not just you. Or or someone with with that energy should look into starting their own non-kill shelter, for example. Exactly. I mean, so you you may not be able to have 30 dogs in your house, but you can start a shelter where you have, where where they're in a nice environment until they're adopted. Hey, you so know what, you want to get the government involved, and you know, you go ahead and, and you start working on that, and you get a government grant to right. help you, to help you right. build that shelter. So now, okay, now the government finally did something. You know, at least they gave you some money to help build that shelter <laughs> of your own. So that's, hey, a little bit goes a long way. So now they're getting involved. That makes them feel better. Like, huh, we gave her a grant. They'll brag about it. You know, then the news is all there. So everybody's feeling all good. But at the end of the day, exactly. you know, you got that awareness out there, and, and you're helping these animals and not having them take over your house. At the That's same right. time. So. I, no, one problem. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I tell people that also go to their local schools and talk to kids. Yeah. And just get the kids involved. Get the kids involved going to the shelters and walking and raising, you know, food, getting food donations and blankets and everything. And we go to schools all over the city and we mm-hmm. educate kids about animals. And it's really wonderful because when kids are educated about animals, it really turns them into different kinds of people. Right. Um, Voice for the Animals is one of the only organizations in Los Angeles that take uh, volunteers from the age of 11 years old because I feel that when the kids are young, we need to teach them compassion. We need to teach oh, them yeah. things to do for other beings, not for just themselves. We have such a me, 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 me society. And to start teaching kids, wow, I can do this for this dog or this cat, that gives them such a, a feeling of satisfaction and self Oh, self-respect, and it gets all out of that me, me, me thing, which we're so focused on. Right, right. And I right. really want, love to watch these kids volunteer. Yeah, that that that's a really good point, actually, right there. You, you plug kids into those kind of things early; they grow up yes. to be adults that are not so narcissistic and that's just right. self-absorbed, where they're more focused on okay, what difference can I make out there, wherever they get in. And most kids seem to inherently love animals. I mean, I've got a bunch of kids in my neighborhood. I mean, anytime they see my dogs, they get excited, or anyone's dogs, they get get excited. And then that somehow 
sort of taken out of them as they get older because they're maybe they're watching too much reality TV or their yeah. their parents are just spoiling them and never never putting them into strategies that are going to build those. Those or they're watching the news and they're hitting all, they're reading all these negative stories out there and they think like okay well pit bulls are dangerous well let's let's do our history they were taking care of they were babysitting long before people were babysitting that's right. I mean, look at the that's look right. at the czars of Russia and look at the old pictures you see of these czars and that once again this was not a piece of property this was a family member because in those family portraits who's sitting there next to the baby or with the baby's cradle <laughs> with the pit bull. So, you that's know, right. it's not, I said, there's no such thing, oh, and I've said this a million times, there's no such thing as bad kids or bad pets, just bad that's parents right. and bad pet owners. And that's, that's right. where it starts right there. They teach that's them, right. you, can't, you can't teach love. love. They come with love. But you can that's teach right. hate. You can teach anger. That's and that's what they right. end up teaching. And that's when you end up having these children that grow up to be these mean adults that beat animals. And you have these animals that attack people because they've been taught this anger and this hatred or whatever. They didn't, they weren't exactly born that right. way. No, oh. no. With no no dog, no cat, no animal, no baby was born bad. No, right. Never. Right. It's impossible. It's impossible. And and right. you're right. We teach them hate. We teach them anger by the way we treat them. I always want to make a bumper sticker. It's never the dog. It's always the owner. Right. <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised that one hasn't been made. That, that's very. Catchy. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it always is. I mean, we see it again and again. You you know, we do get aggressive dogs in, and we're able to rehab them. That's never a problem. We've hmm. got a great trainer who works with us, and we see again and again as we begin to unfold because we don't know their history. As we begin to unfold and we see their reactions and we start reconditioning them, we see how they really wanted to be wonderful dogs, but something happened that that was done to them, not that they asked for, that they was done to them, and they changed their behavior accordingly to defend themselves. Right. Just like teenagers, just like kids, mm-hmm. just like animals who are, who are abused. Right. Yep. And that's, those are all the products of abuse. Mm-hmm. So, yes, if we get to kids early, we can change that cycle of abuse. Yeah, absolutely. And that's so no, important, especially in this good. culture. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think that's actually a good place to end right here. We'd, we'd love to have you come back. I mean, you, we could talk to you for hours, and you always have so much. <laughs> I mean, your your energy is very contagious. Anyone who listens yeah. to you can tell how passionate you are about this stuff. <laughs> right. And it's, it's, not, it's not hard to get you talking about it. You know, <laughs> where we ask you a question and it's silence after five words. You know, you can, you, you're obviously extremely passionate about this. Where, where can people find out more about you and your organization? Well, they can go to our website, VF. TAFoundation.org. So it's okay, Voice okay. for the Animals, VFTAFoundation.org, and they can see everything we do. Because that's they where they see can see how they can, get involved. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And is there, is there any big campaign or any project you're working on right now that you want to share? Oh, gosh, we're just we're, we're pulling dogs and cats out of the shelter on their last day, and that's the thing we're asking people to get involved with us on. Mm. Either fund us or come and help us or foster, but let's get these animals out of the shelter before they're euthanized. That's, I think, I think that brings right up now. an interesting moral argument with people is that should you support your local no-kill shelter where the animal will never be put down, or should you go to a place where that dog may be put down today? Right. Because if you go to, I mean, you are, you are saving that animal, but then you're not, you, you may be you're supporting that animals. cycle of a shelter that has a model of they, they are going to be put down after a certain point versus a, sh- a no-kill shelter where they're never going to be put down, whether they're adopted or not. What I say to people is if you can go to a shelter and save a life of an animal that's going to be euthanized, do it. A lot of people yeah. come to rescue groups because they can't go into a shelter, and that's okay too. Right, um, right. 
and also because we're going to do our due diligence on the animal. We're going to make sure the animal's trained. We're going to make sure the animal's had all the vet care, which is a shelter can't do that. But if they can go into a shelter and save a life, do it. I would say do it um, because it, it will just make room for another animal who comes in, not because of the shelter's fault, because the uneducated person who turns the animal right. in, and that way they won't have to kill. They can give more time to those animals. But I guess that's the well, thing to remember, is that these thing. kill shelters are not a business. You know, they're not making no. money out of taking it. They're, no. they're, 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 they're like a recipient of a problem. So it's not that's like right. by rescuing a dog that's about to be put down, you're, you're giving that organization money that's going to perpetuate that problem. Yeah, and I was just going to bring that up. But the thing about a no-kill shelter, eventually they're going to run out of space. Well, guess what? If they run out of space, guess where that animal is going to go? It's right. going to go to that kill shelter. Mm-hmm. So right. I, I think people don't think about that. But, you know, in the very beginning, yeah, I got kind of caught up in all that. Like, it's a no-kill shelter, no-kill shelter. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a lose-lose situation when you're not supporting either or. So right. at the end right. of the day, they're still going to a shelter one way or the other. They're still, they still need a home. And the only thing is, one is probably going to put, be put down a lot sooner than the other. Because, again, right. there's no room in the no-kill shelter. Well, guess where that animal is going to go? It's not too many, not too many other options out there. So that's right. that, yeah. it, it's all fine and good. There's really there's always that gray area. There's no either or in these situations. Right. We we don't kill under any circumstances unless our vet determines that there's irremediable suffering, which will not have any end, and that's only right. happened once in 20 years. Yeah. So we, of course, I mean, we can't take every single animal that's in the shelters. We are careful that we balance our economics with our fosters, with the animals we take in, so we have 100% adoptions. Right. And so that's what many, if, if it's a real good organization, that's what they will do. They will balance all those factors. However, city shelters don't have that option. They have to take in whoever walks in the door. Right. And that's, right. that's the sad part. Right. And the, the idea is to stop, is to educate the people walking in the door. And they have interference rooms now in the city shelters huh. in L.A. in which when an animal, yeah, when a person comes in with an animal, they, a, a wor- worker actually sits down and says, why are you doing this? And they try hmm. to run interference and stop it. Oh, so, yeah, it's, fast, it's fantastic. So that's one thing. And then, of course, the other side is having people go into the shelters and take them out and adopt them. So, uh, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Thank, thank you so much. much for coming on. We'll definitely have you come back again. And My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Yeah. Appreciate all the, keep up the great work you do. It's always thank inspiring you. to hear about what you're doing. Oh, Thanks thank so you both so much. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And that's our, again, our friend Melia Kaplan, Voice for Animals. And if you just type in Voice for Animals Los Angeles or Voice for Animals California in Google, you'll see that. And we'll put it in the show notes. But exactly. I basically give her organization as well as James. James Pond, our friend, Transitions Global. I give both of their organizations a plug in each of my newsletters. So it's yeah. easy to find. I'm always mentioning whatever they're doing on my social media as well. So, again, yeah. there we go, man. This has been a great month of podcasting. It's gone by yeah. fast because, yeah. I mean, we've had everyone from Charles Poliquin to Steve <laughs> Cotter to now we're talking about uh, the animal, about pet rescue. And we had yeah. Kent Pumpa on talking about building your business. And I, th- I think that's what is great about our show is that we, we can get guests that we're interested in, and then I think a lot of other people are going to get interested in that. And then we can – we can surprise people, too, because they're going, okay, fitness coach, fitness coach, fitness coach. Boom, now we're going to throw something else at you, give you something yeah. to think about. Right. And, I mean, the good thing is, I mean, the thing you got to think about, all the stuff that we, we're interested in, they're all connected one way or the other. You yeah. know, so, I mean, what, what good is it to train hard and eat right when 
deep down inside, morally, you're feeling like crap. <laughs> you're feeling disconnected from the world and you're feeling helpless well, that you can't my, help. My you know, is that just talking about guys, we, we've talked about this privately and I think on the show before, is, okay, you're a guy, you've gotten bigger, you've gotten stronger, and you're out in the field, and you know, are you going to do what Melia did? You see some jack-off beating up a dog. Are you going to take charge of that? Because she's, she's not big and strong like we are. She still did it, though. You know, she, didn't, she didn't get out of the car going, wait a minute, I might get harmed doing this. She was so right. focused on what she saw and that she had to stop it. And I think there, there's a lot of people who are big, strong people that they don't get involved with anything. You know, they, right. just, they just go to the gym and they work out. So are, are you really strong if, you're, if you come across evil and you're not willing to do anything to stop yeah. it? You know, like you're at, you're at some guys like punching some girl at, at a bar and you're just going, oh, that looks bad. Well, I want to jump in because, you know, you know yeah. she may turn on me. Well, <laughs> well you it's know like what? If you're, if you're thinking about it, that's the problem. <laughs> that, that may be true. You know, that may, yeah, that, that may be true. I, I, I worked as a bouncer for many years where you broke up stuff and the girl's like, what the hell are you doing? Get off my boyfriend. It's like, oh, okay. God. Well, right. But, you know, but that's after the fact, though. You, yeah, know, you exactly. still have to do something. I, I, so it's not like you have this conversation with yourself, huh? I should jump in here, but maybe this is one of those situations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, you got to ask yourself now, you, you've gotten all big and strong. It's like, are you gym strong or are you like, like morally strong? So you got to look at the two now because the other one's just a byproduct. It's just, it's just for show. It means nothing if you're not right. using that strength to, you know, to help him, just help him better others outside of right. the gym. You know, so yeah. my thing is, yeah, you know, and it doesn't have to be dramatic. Yeah, like we just mentioned, it could be yeah. it could be something like where you've developed a following now with your business, and now you start incorporating some of the causes, whatever they are, that yeah. you're into into your into your model, into your message. Exactly. And I think I think it's a good way, even from a business standpoint, to avoid being just some generic dude. Because the more people know about you, the more you distinguish yourself as an individual, rather than someone who's like, well, I, I don't want to talk about that, or I'm going to try to be in this middle lane at all times. It's like, okay, great. No one's ever going to know you or, or remember you. Because we don't know anything about you, so, you know, so what are we supposed to remember? Yeah, you just you're the person that just you know. Even if that's I, something can be said is like whether you're that person that's controversial or, you, or that person that takes a stand, whether it be something that's on a positive note or a negative note. At least we remember those people. People in the middle right. of the road and media, you know, mediocre. Who are they? Can you can you name one? Can you name the most interesting mediocre person in the world? Please, I'll, I'll wait for it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and I'll see if I even know who they are. I, th- I think sometimes people are so worried about taking a stand on anything because they feel like they're going to alienate some people. Like I remember, like years ago, on some message board, someone's like, "Oh, you know, Mike may be all big and strong, but I don't, I don't believe in his whole vegan diet, so I wouldn't buy any of his products and services just for that." I was like, "You wouldn't buy any of my products and services anyway, Jack off." I mean, if it wasn't that, it would be something else. To be like, "Oh, he's got Vita Legal on his face. I don't want to buy it. His goatee is black and white. I don't like that." <laughs> I don't want to buy it. He's got all those muscles. He might be. He may be juicing for all I know. I don't know. God makes fun. God makes fun of guys that are whipped. I don't like that. You know, I'm one of those guys. Yeah, like how dare you, dude? You don't. I I said I couldn't come to his workshop because she who must be obeyed wouldn't let me use my money that I earned, and he made fun of me. So (laughs) So, I mean, it's it's like if you're so worried about like, oh, if I see this, people are gonna say, come on, man, just just grow a pair. You know, at some point in your life, you actually have to stand for something. worry about what every single person is going to think about whatever you're doing you know come on stand for something or fall for anything buddy yeah exactly. come on there's your message for the week <laughs> so, all right man let them know um how they can pretty much get some good stuff from us man by yeah, using that coupon and, uh, code yeah you can use that coupon code lla you're going to get 10 percent off any of my nutrition supplements i've got a badass testosterone booster keep getting feedback every week on how much people are loving that 
got a product that helps with inflammation so you're not all beat up from your workouts. You're not going to be a sore. It's called Restorezyme. And I've got a good recovery oil product with magnesium, zinc, and MSM help you get some deep sleep at night. And the benefits of magnesium and zinc go on forever. So you can read more about that at my website, mikemahler.com. You can use that same coupon code to get 10% off my Australia courses as well. And how about, how about you? What can they get from your site? And you can use that same coupon code on my website at newwarriortraining.com, and you will get 30% off of my bodyweight training DVD. So those of you who are always on the go or just looking to shake things up a little bit and have a little bit more fun with your training, this is definitely the DVD for you. You can get the digital version of it or you can get the physical download. I mean, it's the physical copy of it as well, and you'll get 30% off either or. So whichever works for you. And, again, you can hop over to newwarriortraining.com for that and type in the coupon code LLA. And that'll work. You can also, yeah, you can also use LLA to get 80% off Ken Blackburn's new life-size sex doll of himself. <laughs> we know, we know. And now everybody's rushing. We know many of you have been requested that, mainly guys, which is kind of creepy. But we're not going to mention your name. But we know you guys will be running over to his website to get that today. <laughs> Oh, man, I, I'm, I can just imagine the emails and comments Ken gets on a weekly basis just from this show. He's <laughs> like, those two damn guys, I swear. Yeah, Ken, Ken's all looking at his email. Hey, Ken, I heard about your new sex doll. He's like, what are you hell? <laughs> <laughs> sex what? Ken, Ken just popped three alpha brains. like, what are these guys talking about? <laughs> oh, man. So, all yeah. right, we're going we're gonna to wrap there. And keep the rating reviews coming I, on iTunes and on Stitcher, and keep downloading and subscribing, people getting the word out there, sharing all the good stuff that you're hearing on the show. We love all the feedback you're giving us. And until then, we'll see you guys on the next show. Take care, everybody. Have a good week. Take care. We have a great February coming up. Stay tuned. Peace, buddy. Peace.